This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. There have been a lot of regrets that I've had with my personal journey of learning how to play jazz and becoming a better jazz musician. There's a lot of things I look back at that I caused myself lots of unnecessary anxiety and pain and frustration in the process of becoming a great jazz player. And when I think about one of the most prominent ones that sort of has its hand in all the other anxieties and issues I had with learning jazz, it's the idea that I had to practice a lot in order to improve. And so in today's episode, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into the concept of why practicing more is not the answer to becoming a better jazz musician and what we can do to solve that mindset. Let's get into it. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. So excited to have you back on for another episode of the Learn Jazz Standards podcast. It's always a great pleasure of mine to be able to serve you for the next 30 minutes or so and just help you in any way possible to become a better jazz playing. And oftentimes on this show, I do talk about strategy and tactics and jazz improv and jazz theory and obviously things that you can apply directly to the practice room. But something, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, that you know is that I believe that mindset plays a massive part part in the determining factor of whether we are successful in achieving our jazz goals and of course successful in achieving them quicker than we would otherwise. So I also believe that you know 50% of learning music is mindset, right? And that seems a little bit hard for sometimes for us to swallow, but I think it's very true and today's episode is all about mindset. Particularly this very toxic belief that many of us have, which is we need to practice a lot in order to improve as a jazz musician, and otherwise, we're really not going to be making any progress, and it's not worth it. We look at people like John Coltrane, who practiced so much. We look at Charlie Parker. We look at all these amazing jazz musicians that show evidence that they practiced so much, so many long hours. And so, therefore, we do have this belief that we have to follow in their footsteps in order to achieve any sort of success. Now, spoiler alert, I believe this mindset is completely false, and I have evidence to prove Otherwise, uh, and I'll be sharing with you actually a story from one of my inner circle members uh, uh, I- I- a little bit later in the episode, which is just one small example of this evidence. Um, before we do that, of course, uh, today's episode is sponsored by our very own LGS Inner Circle membership. This is uh, the place for jazz musicians, no matter what instrument you play 
to join a community of others who are practicing less, who are practicing more efficiently, who are practicing things with goal-oriented mindsets, such as in our Jazz Standards Club, when we learn one new Jazz Standard a month and get all the tools and resources to do that, where we have lots of step-by-step practice programs that shorten the learning curve by giving you batched content to work on and to practice. And we do all of this with the idea that we're here to have tons of fun and the community resonates with that. So if that's something that you're looking for, then go to ljsinnercircle.com, ljsinnercircle.com, and do check out the membership. Uh, know you'll have a great time. We have over a thousand musicians playing all sorts of instruments in there, and you would be a great addition to the community if you're a big fan of playing jazz and just have a fun time doing it and want to shorten your learning curve. So ljsinnercircle.com. All right, let's jump right in to this talk today. Okay, so I'm operating out of the understanding that it is very likely if you're listening to this podcast right now that you do have this belief system, at least to some varying level of degree, that you must practice a lot in order to get results. And I know this because practically almost everyone who emails me or uh, is considering joining my inner, inner circle membership and even members who do at first join my inner circle membership, they always make some sort of reference to the fact that I don't necessarily feel like I have enough time to practice. And they wonder if it's worth it for them to practice anything at all. They easily get frustrated and unmotivated because they have this mindset. And especially when folks join my inner circle membership, it becomes a diligent task for me and my team to try to retrain this narrative. Because again, this is a very toxic narrative. But before we talk about the toxic portions of this mindset and the different ways we can think about this and some evidence of why it is a toxic mindset, let's talk about some of the positives of this mindset that you do need to practice a lot in order to uh, become a great jazz musician. Because at the end of the day, uh, this wouldn't be something that we believe in naturally if there wasn't some evidence to suggest that it is in fact true. So um, it, we do have to be fair here and talk about why parts of that mindset are actually indeed true. So the first uh, evidence that we have is that when we do look at some of the great musicians, some which I've already mentioned, like John Coltrane or Charlie Parker and uh, Bill Evans and you name it, they in fact did obsessively practice a lot. And so the truth about practicing a lot is that you get lots of opportunity to learn new things, okay? You get lots of opportunity to have aha moments, right? So the more opportunities you give yourself, there is a more likely chance that you're going to improve. And there's that whole 10,000 hour rule thing. Malcolm Gladwell kind of popularized this in his book, Outliers, where it's talking about in order to master anything, you need to spend 10,000 hours doing this. And he goes through a bunch of examples. He talks about the Beatles. Uh, he talks about Bill Gates and coding and how, you know, folks that seem to spend uh, an 
unordinary amount of time working on a task tend to become great at that task. Again, I believe this is because the more exposure you have to something, the more opportunity you give yourself to learn new things, the more likely you are to improve at that thing. Now, I can look at evidence in myself of how this has been true as well. So, for example, I spent uh, one year, and many of you who've listened to this podcast know this story, but I spent one year in between high school and college practicing for five to eight hours a day. Okay, I was practicing five to eight hours a day. And I learned 100 jazz standards in one year. And I learned 32 bars of a new solo every single week. I worked diligently on new chord voicings on my guitar. I played a gig every single week, at least one gig every single week. So my whole life, you know, it was a unique time in my life. It revolved around practicing and playing jazz and getting taught how to play jazz. Okay. Um, now the positives of this experience were, I was just forced to play a lot. So my technique got better right on my instrument. I was learning so much new material that some of it was actually sticking and falling through for me. Now, again, we'll talk about some of the negatives in a second, but that was the positive there. Like the more exposure I had to practicing for long hours, the better I seem to get, right? I mean, there was evidence in my playing that that was true. Again, we'll get into some of the negatives of this in a second, but, you know, this this does have some weight and it should be addressed, right? Now, I did mention too that when we are practicing a lot, we are building our technique, right? So even if we're not remembering all the jazz standards we learned and all this stuff because we're practicing so much, you know, the more time you spend with your instrument, just naturally the more comfortable you get playing it, right? So this is true that in jazz, to be able to improvise well, to be able to do a lot of the things that jazz kind of just demands that we do, well, having great technique is a good thing. And, you know, for a brief period of time, I studied underneath the great jazz guitar player, Bruce Foreman uh, from Los Angeles. And one thing that he told me about a similar period of time in his life when he practiced a lot was that particularly he felt his technique on his instrument improved. Okay, so the more you touch your instrument, the more you work through things, the more muscle memory starts to kick in and you become more and more comfortable, okay? So practicing a lot, like, yes, obviously the more exposure you have to some new kind of concepts, the more exposure you have to playing your instrument, of course, the better you're going to get, okay? So that's some of the positives of practicing for long, long hours. But I do also want to point out, too, that when we think about musicians like Charlie Parker or John Coltrane and the fact that they practiced a lot, it's important to note that anyone who reaches that level of musicianship, that high level of musicianship, is somewhat obsessed with their craft, okay? And you may or may not be obsessed with playing jazz. The The likelihood is that you're probably somewhere in the middle. Like, you really love jazz, and you're interested in it, and it's your hobby, and that's why you're here listening to this right now, and you want to improve. You have that desire. But the chances are is you're not quite obsessed like someone who becomes a professional jazz musician or, of course, someone who becomes a jazz great like Charlie Parker or John Coltrane. 
right? Now, this obsessive nature is just going to naturally drive them to practice more. And it's almost as if, yes, the practicing a lot is helping them, but it's more like their obsession with the art form is also propelling them forward. So while the practice itself is helpful, their obsession with making it completely their entire life is also a big determining factor in their success. So if you don't have the obsessive nature or that obsessive desire to improve as a musician like Charlie Parker and John Coltrane, the likelihood of you being able to sustain that kind of practice is is pretty low, right? I mean, you have to be some sort of freak of nature in a way where you just want to dedicate all of your time. I mentioned Bill Gates before in in Malcolm Gladwell's book Outliers. He talks about Bill Gates, you know, sneaking off to the University of Washington campus late at night with his friend and coding with the only computers that were available to them and just like this kind of obsessive strange behavior, especially coming from kids that they just really wanted to improve what they were doing. So the fact that they were that obsessed is what allowed them to take extreme measures such such as spending, you know, so much time working on their craft, right? So keep that in mind whenever people talk about practicing for long hours, we're talking about kind of some unique individuals here. We're not necessarily talking about who you are. Now, maybe that is you, but the likelihood, again, is if you're listening to this, you're just someone who loves jazz and has a great desire to improve on it, but you're not obsessed and you probably have other things going on in your life that are also important. And therefore, no matter how much you try to convince yourself that you need to practice a lot, it's probably not going to have the same effect because you just won't have the motivation to practice that much, okay? And this is kind of where we start segueing into the toxicity of this belief that we have to practice a lot. So the first problem with this belief is that you are not likely to maintain a long-term motivation if you are forcing yourself to practice a lot. Okay, we're coming up here on the new year. 2021 is almost over. 2022 is right around the corner. And, you know, around this time, a lot of us are thinking, you know, I really should, uh, you know, dedicate myself to, to working out more or dedicate myself to learning a new language. And of course, many of us are also thinking, man, I'm going to dedicate myself to practicing my instrument more this year. And that's a wonderful thing to do. And I mean, I really encourage it, right? Obviously. So it's great. But the temptation, just like when someone says their New Year's resolution is to work out more, is to say, I'm going to go to the gym four or five times a week. Okay. And so then they get there, they go to the gym for the first couple weeks that many times until suddenly they realize this is not a sustainable activity for them. They're not really able to do it right? And so therefore, they start slowly going to the gym less and less. And they realize also that sometimes it feels more comfortable not to go to the gym. It's just a, a pain and they don't feel like stressing their body out. So they don't go to the gym. And, you know, by the third month into the new year, they're just not going to the gym at all. And their gym membership is going to complete waste. And this is what happens when we put this pressure on ourselves to practice 
way too often and to practice way too long is we start off being able to do this and we feel great. The first week we're like, wow, so I practiced five hours this week. I practiced six hours this week. Wow, look how awesome I am. I practiced four times this week. I practiced five times this week. And this is exactly what everybody's telling me to do. Practice consistently. Practice as much as you can, right? And so you feel good about yourself for the first one, two, three weeks, but then suddenly you start realizing that I can't sustain this anymore. And that builds up stress. It builds up a stress response in your body. And suddenly your brain starts telling you, I don't want to feel this suffering anymore. I think we should just start bowing out. And now, of course, you feel guilty. You feel guilty that you're not practicing as much anymore because you truly do desire to improve your jazz playing. You do know that you have to put in the practice time and the effort to improve, but you've set yourself up for failure by expecting yourself to practice for too much, right? You can't sustain that kind of activity, okay? So what's the point of practicing a lot or practicing for long hours if you're not going to be able to sustain it long-term. So this is the first big problem with the mindset of I need to practice long hours in order to improve or practice often to improve is if you cannot sustain it and you cannot keep motivation to sustain it, it really does not matter, right? It does not matter in the long run because you're not obsessed enough to do that right? So we want to create systems for ourselves that allow us to win every single time. And so one big mindset I try to instill in all of my new inner circle members is that you do not need to practice more than what you currently have time for. In fact, I think that is the default we should start out with is I don't need to practice more than the time that I was previously practicing before listening to this podcast or for my inner circle members, it's before joining, joining the inner circle, right? Like sometimes people will sign up for a new course or a membership and they'll think to themselves, well, in order to put this to good use, I need to start practicing more. That's the automatic mindset people have. And it's understandable mindset. However, if you're not able to sustain that level that you're now expecting yourself to, you're going to get demotivated and then it won't matter anymore. So I think the best mindset is to, instead of thinking about practicing more, longer, and harder, is to think about what time do I currently have to practice and how do I utilize that time to practice the most effectively, okay? Which brings me into the second problem with the mindset of practicing long hours, okay? And that is that when you have so much time to practice, it's easy to get unfocused and to actually waste a ton of your time. So let me explain and use myself as an example. I talked about that year in between high school and college where I was practicing ridiculous hours and even into college. I mean, I think the the longest practice time I ever did in one day in college was 10 hours. And honestly, yes, I was into it for about maybe five hours. I was just in this very inspir like day of inspiration, right, of working hard. 
But then, of course, after that, I was just trying to practice longer and longer just to say that I was practicing longer. However, let's even just forget about the five hours that came after those five hours. Within those five hours, I could not say with 100% certainty that I was truly focused the whole time because five hours is a very, very long time to try to maintain anybody's focus, right? And this was rang true for that entire year that I spent practicing five to eight hours a day. Like, so maybe one day I may have just had the divine intervention of being able to focus for five hours straight on practicing, right? I was able to do it. But then the next day, was I really able to sustain that? But that's what I was trying to do. But no, the natural inclination is that as human beings, it's very difficult. Again, unless we're one of those unique individuals who is wholly obsessed, uh, it is very difficult for us to maintain focus for that long on something. So therefore, a lot of times we say to ourselves, I don't have enough time to practice, right? But I think what we really uh, are basing part of that that uh, that mindset from is that we spend so much time wasting our practice time that we think that we don't have enough time to practice. You know, we jump from random YouTube videos and lessons, and then all of a sudden we forget what we were doing and we find ourselves just noodling on things that we're already good at that we, by the time we're done an hour, we're like, wow, like, I don't feel like I learned that much this hour. But that's because we wasted a lot of our practice time. And I find that the more hours we have to practice, the less likely we are to stay focused on actual goals that we have for our jazz playing and focusing on things that we really need to improve on. So uh, there's this classic classic thing of like, you know, if you give yourself a deadline on something, right, and it's and it doesn't matter whether it's a month from now or if it's tomorrow, you're probably going to accomplish that task. But if the deadline is a month from now, you'll probably take all the way up until that month in order to do it, right? Whereas if you give you yourself the deadline tomorrow, you know, realistically speaking, if it is realistic, you'll be able to accomplish that by tomorrow, right? Because you're going to utilize the time you have from this very moment now until the deadline tomorrow in the most efficient way possible because you know that you have to meet this deadline. So therefore, every minute, every hour, you're going to be using as effectively as possible to accomplish that task. I think of my wife while we were dating and, you know, we didn't go to the same college, but I would, you know, take the train from New York City out to Long Island where she was going to school and I would go hang out with her in her dorm room. And, you know, I remember one day she had a 40 page paper due (laughs) and the next day and she had not started that paper yet, you know, typical college procrastination. She proceeded to, within the time I had, you know, gone to the dorm room to uh, the the next day, she wrote a 40 page paper, uh, you know, in less than 24 hours. You know, now she did have to stay up all night <laughs> to do it. Um, however, like that's an example of like, I mean, for me, I to write 40 pages of anything would take me days and days, if not weeks, right? 
But she was able to do that in that much time because she had that deadline that had to happen. So in some ways, having less time to practice is actually better than having more time to practice. If you only have 30 minutes to practice, then chances are you're really going to think hard about how you want to actually spend that 30 minutes of practice time. If you have four hours of practice, there's it's a lot less consequential, right? Because you can just think to yourself, well, I have four hours to practice, so I can just, you know, get to everything eventually, right? And then you have to ask yourself, like, how quality is the time that I'm spending with this practice? Is it really that quality? So a lot of times we're wasting our time to practice. So sometimes actually less is more when it comes to practicing. So, so far, I've talked about uh, two reasons here. One is sustainability, right? Talking about can you actually sustain for a long period of time doing these long practice hours? And if you can't, then it probably isn't the best method for a long-term approach to improving your jazz playing, right? And the second thing I just talked about was a matter of efficiency. Like how efficient can you actually be with long periods of time to practice? Chances are not as efficient as if you had less time to practice. Now, the last one I want to talk about, though, is something I've kind of touched on a bit, but we're going to go deeper into it, and that is motivation, like maintaining motivation for playing jazz. And this really comes down to understanding why you're playing jazz and trying to learn how to play jazz in the first place. And for the vast majority of us listening to this show right now, it's because it truly is your hobby. It's something that you enjoy doing. You like playing your instrument. And jazz just happens to be a genre you're either interested in or most passionate about playing, right? You like improvisation. You like all the things that come together with jazz. And you're obviously just a fan of listening to it. Okay. So... When it comes to putting this pressure on ourselves to practice a lot, this may be something that decreases your motivation and hinders your quote-unquote why, okay? Now, in my opinion, and in the opinion of quite a few psychologists, we learn the best while we're having fun, Okay, we learn the best while we're having fun. There's just something about the endorphins that get released and just the chemicals in your brain working together that when you're having fun and you're enjoying yourself, that you tend to remember those things better. You tend to feel good about them. And then, of course, you tend to want to continue the action that you're doing. If something is making you feel good, it makes you want to continue it, right? Now, I think that oftentimes the reason why this mindset of practicing more is toxic is because it's not coming out of a place of actually wanting to do it or the doing it because it's fun for you. It's coming out of this place of obligation or it's coming out of this place of fear. So for example, you may feel that when you're going to a jam session, you're you're really scared and you have performance anxiety and you're afraid you're going to get lost and you're afraid you're going to biff it and you're not happy with the notes you're playing. So that's a, a, a mindset of fear. And that mindset of fear can easily drive us to go, if I just practice more and more, 
I'll probably not have to worry about that anymore, right? Like if I get better, if I start playing better notes, then I won't have to worry about feeling embarrassed about playing in public and fill in the blank with any other scenario that resonates with you when I talk about this mindset of fear and making practice time based out of that mindset, right? So in other words, oftentimes when we're saying, I want to practice more, it comes out of this fear rather than coming out of the source of fun. Now, I do know some people where practicing for forever is just something that truly is fun for them. I had this um, one colleague in college, his name was Hero, and he was a bass player. And I kid you not, every single time I went up to the practice rooms, he was there just playing his bass. And always he looked like he was having a good time. And quite frankly, you know, Hero was a fine player, but I mean, in no means would I say he was an extraordinary, amazing player. Like he wasn't like, you know, practicing for long periods of time and turning out to be a Charlie Parker or a John Coltrane or a Paul Chambers, I guess, in his case, right? I don't think that's what was happening with Hero. Like he played fine, but, you know, the long practice hours, I don't think was really um, necessary. I mean, he definitely was improving, but don't don't misunderstand me. He was improving because of how much he was practicing um, and a multitude of other factors. But it wasn't like, wow, he's practicing so much that I just sensed this explosion, right? But the point, though, is one time I went up and I asked him, I was like, Hero, you're always in here practicing. Like, I mean, this is amazing. Like, don't you ever get like tired of practicing or like, does this ever feel like a burden to you? And he told me very, you know, plainly, no, this is actually fun. Like, this relaxes me. Okay, so this relax, and honestly, for me at that moment in time, practicing was not a relaxing activity because a lot of my practice habits came from this mindset of fear, right? Well, I want to get better. Well, I want to be a professional jazz musician. And in order to do that and reach my goals, I've got to practice long and hard and I got to be better than what I am now. So all of that is a lot of toxic energy that was coming from me. And I was putting that onto practice. Whereas Hero was truly practicing because he really enjoyed it. He just had fun practicing. I mean, to, and again, in his words, it was relaxing for him, something that just really did not compute for me, especially at that time. Okay. So if you're like Hero, then by all means, practice as much as you want. You know, practice for days, practice for hours and hours and hours. That's great. But I would say for a vast majority of us, that is not true. We enjoy playing our instrument, but we don't want to actually play it for as long as that. We want to enjoy playing it. We want to learn something. We want to feel rewarded, right, by learning something, but we don't want to feel this sense of obligation. So we want to be having fun when we're playing. So how much practice time and how often are you practicing that it is actually fun for you? Right? This is a very important question that you really have to ask yourself. How much practice time is actually fun for you? And you have to identify that for yourself because that could be different for different people. But again, I think that you can learn a ton. You can improve a lot as long as you're working through step-by-step goal-oriented processes for learning how to play jazz, right? And you're practicing in a very sustainable way. There is no point in practicing if it's not sustainable. 
Okay. So to kind of review these toxic beliefs around practicing more is number one, sustainability, right? I just talked about that sustainability. Number two is efficiency, right? How efficient are you going to be with long practice hours versus shorter practice hours? And number three is motivation. How much fun are you going to have practicing for long hours versus practicing less, right? So I want you to give these things a thought today. Make sure that you consider how much time you do have to practice and consider some of these mindsets and ask yourself, do you have any of these toxic beliefs that are holding you back and are causing you to lose joy in your journey of playing jazz? All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate you. Uh, I hope you find this helpful today, and I hope that you take action on the material today. Uh, Remember that knowledge without action isn't truly knowledge at all, right? We need to take action on what we learn. And I can help you take action on what you learn if you need some help with that with our LGS Inner Circle membership, right? I mean, we uh, all the time are working towards practicing in such a way that is sustainable. And in fact, one of the bonuses when you first sign up for our Inner Circle membership is our Inner Circle Power Plan course. This Inner Circle Power Plan course is uh, a, a course that helps you in one month learn a new jazz standard, but only with 30-minute practice sessions at a time. And most of us probably do have 30 minutes, but basically we just hold your hand through the entire process and help you know exactly what to practice and how to practice it so that by the time you're done that month, you have start, you've learned a jazz standard and you've started to improvise over it. So that's pretty cool, right? So do check us out at ljsinnercircle.com. If you've been sitting on the offense for a while, hey, give it a shot. You never know what could happen uh, if you don't give it a try, right? So ljsinnercircle.com. We're going to be coming out with a great quick win episode of the podcast this Friday. So make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.